All right, folks, it's time to dust off those platform shoes, grab your shiniest disco ball, and get ready to debate the ultimate question. Does disco suck? That's right. On this electrifying episode of Prisoners of Rock and Roll, we're diving headfirst into the glittery, dance-filled world of disco music. Now disco, oh disco, you have been the life of countless parties, the soundtrack of Saturday nights, and the rhythm that has everyone hustling on the dance floor. But let's face it, you've also had your fair share of backlash. From Disco Demolition Night to Death to Disco, there's been no shortage of haters. But does disco really deserve the bad rap it gets? Was it a necessary evolution of music or just a trend that deserved its fate? So join us as we weigh the pros and cons, groove to the unforgettable beats, and decide once for all, does disco suck? What's up, everyone? Welcome to Prisoners of Rock and Roll number 68. My name is Bruce Kramer, and I'm happy to introduce my co-host and my very good friend, Mr. Ryan McCusker. Are you rocking? Prisoners of Rock and Roll are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast Network, and our show is sponsored by Bold Foot Socks and the legendary McCusker's Tavern in Philadelphia. Dude, you did an awesome job getting the studio ready tonight, hanging the disco ball and... I have no idea how long you have had that polyester suit. Dude, disco is life. It's I guess, I guess so. Disco is life. This is kind of a weird episode for us with yeah, timing, I, right? I mean, I like I like the I like when we did that episode does rot suck or uh we said we were going to do a bunch of episodes do things suck and I was like, "Oh, let's do does disco suck?" you know. It's. I mean, obviously, we're all going to sit here and say, like, disco sucks, you know, but let's give it a fair share. Like, like listen to some tunes and, like, like, give it a fair shot. I love the idea of just trying to be objective and listening to it. Like, okay, man, like, yeah, we both have these. Everybody has these preconceived notions of disco and whether it was just it's, a shitty fad or not. And But, yeah, so trying cliche. to listen to it objective. Yeah. It is. It, right. It's so right. cliche. It's even a brilliant episode title because that was the what everybody yelled at the end yeah but i meant this is a weird episode for timing so we were going to so we were going to take a little extra time off because things are like batshit crazy around my house my wife is still recovering from knee surgery so i'm kind of like holding down the fort and i wish her speedy recovery Thank you. She's doing pretty well. So, yeah, we talked about this a couple episodes. She tore ACL on her meniscus and she had surgery. She's two weeks post-op and she we went to the doctor today and she's she's doing all right. She's getting ready to start PT. She's going nuts. I think she actually got an award for watching every single thing on Netflix. That's um, amazing. We don't do uh, 
shitting on her asses real well on our house. So she's going. Oh crazy yeah, you guys mentally. are very active. Oh, I know that you guys are outdoors and yeah. So she's going crazy. But I had asked you, like, hey man, maybe we should wait until after Labor Day to circle back because things are so busy, and particularly you and I and my wife. Well, she was. We were supposed to go see Springsteen tonight. I know. And word came down. Well, actually, you called me at like three o'clock to say two o'clock, three o'clock. And we're like, dude, did you hear it got canceled because he dude, I'm so bummed out. Like I needed that show. I needed like that religious experience that Springsteen gives. You know, shit's been tough, you know, uh, around the McCuster household. And I could have really used to pick me up. I mean, Going to see other shows like Fish and uh, I saw Metallica in the last couple of weeks. You know, that's all fine and good and great shows, but nothing compares going to see Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, dude, going to Springsteen, man, is like going to church and school and a rock yeah. concert all at the same yeah. time. I felt the same way. I was like, I need this in my life. Yeah, um, I need it. But maybe I'll go check him in New Jersey. He's playing... Three nights in the Meadowlands. Maybe I'll go check one of them out. Yeah. I saw Metallica. That was a great show. Yeah. So Springsteen canceled both of his dates. I was bummed. My wife was not because she wasn't going to go because she yeah, was like, she can't, yeah. she can't sit in the seat. She has to keep her knee straight. And she was like, yeah. I don't want to stand on crutches because he plays for three and a half hours every show. Yeah. My daughter's bummed because my daughter was going to go with me. But so she's out. Hopefully when Bruce comes back, dude, he ain't coming. He ain't coming back till next summer. I So I saw somebody already put together a chart of every day. The Phillies are home versus yeah. every day that he doesn't have a show. And there are like five days in September where both are open. Really? So, well, yeah. So Labor Day weekend, he is the Phillies are out of town and he is not playing. And then it was like the 17th and 18th of September. He's not on the road. And then he and the Phillies are out of town. So maybe, but he is also going to be down with that. That'd be cool. I mean, he loves Philly. It's a home game for him. I really hope what you just said will happen, bro. In September, the weather will be beautiful. You know, but we had plans, right? We were going to hang out. We were going to hang out. I was going to mess around with uh, my brother. I was going to put your daughter behind the bar when he walked in. When he walked in for the shift. Yeah, when he walked in for the shift and she'd be behind the bar, like working. That was my plan. Had I missed your call, I was ready. I was going to leave in like a half hour to come to drive down. And we were going to, you know, we're going to hang out on McCusker's for a little while and then head down to the parking lot. There were already people in the parking lot tailgating. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, can you imagine getting there? It's like, the vacation movie with Chevy Chase. You right. pull up and oops, sorry. Wally World's closed. closed. Bruce is- I saw some, <laughs> I, I saw some people on Twitter complaining like they, they flew in, you know, because Springsteen's oh, yeah. got a lot of diehards and Dude, so but today I had a guy in the bar came all the way from Liverpool, England for these fucking concerts. Wow. And they got canceled. He's like wow. following them. He's following them around, but he came to philadelphia specifically to see them here at citizens bank ballpark i followed him one year from like boston down to dc and saw him like nine times in like two weeks but i i never I went to another country 
Yeah, I never went to another country to see him. A friend of mine, Dan from Boston, who's written in our show a couple of times, he went and saw him in Rome this summer, which was like Beautiful. awesome. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, really cool. But all right, man. So let's let's stop talking about Springsteen and let's talk about some disco. So Disco Stew does not disco advertise. advertise. Let me get this out of the way. I yeah. don't like disco music. Well, I understand that. There's not much to like. I mean, I get why women like disco women love to dance they do their thing and you know you go to any wedding or anything like that's the shit they're playing man it was definitely like this like like we were little kids when disco came out disco only lasted for like a good like two years but it yeah was it was, like, a, it was yeah. this huge iconic thing i mean what made it big was saturday night fever the whole country got disco fever. I approach this a little bit differently. So um, when you said you want to do this as a topic, I really thought this was just going to be you and me sitting here for two hours, trashing disco as a dark time in music. Kind of like um, that. Remember like that weird era of the nineties when like swing music was like popular for like a hot yeah, minute. Squirrel you know, nut some, zippers and shit. Yeah. 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 yeah which yeah. we could, we could do a show on, but it's like That'd just some lame. weird, it would be interesting. Like, why the hell? Like, what the hell was going on? But anyway, I, you know, was it, is it a fad? Was it weird? But I started doing research and goddamn, I learned so much about like culturally and what all this means. You know, like if, if music is one giant story that we're trying to yeah. tell, this is a yeah. really important part of it. And I said this before that one of the really cool things about music is that you can, if you're like, you want to study like history. You can just look at what people were listening to, what music was at the time, right? Could you like sure. you know, Woods, Woodstock and Crosby, Stills in, you know, Ohio and shit like that. And you know, you can learn about like politics and fashion and culture and all this shit. And music is all part of that history. And disco, I was like, oh my God, I learned so much around. Um, I never realized how important it was to like okay. the gay community and the black community. Definitely. And- Definitely for the gay community. Even now. Disco is like a huge dis- uh, gay supporting background music. You know, I will survive. Come on. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. So I, w- I was like, it was really cool as I was reading all this stuff and listening to it. And I, I spent more time learning about the history that it, than I did diving into the music. And I was like, wow, okay. I, I still don't like the music, but I, I definitely have a different appreciation for it now. There's a lot of bad disco shit but i picked out songs to play on our show tonight that are bearable bro that hopefully you know that hopefully we can like point some things out and uh we're gonna listen to stuff on headphones so we're gonna hear a lot of different things that maybe you never like noticed before in uh the stana summer songs we're gonna play you know i totally agree i think it's gonna be a very different experience and what you said would have got lame there's been a lot of examples in the stuff that we've talked about over the years where I don't love just saying that we talked about something over the years. That's um, great. I love it. Right. Right. Like, you know, we're, we're pushing three years. We've been doing this, but there's so many like record labels and white people come rushing into a music scene and just fuck it all oh, up. Yeah. Right. Oh, like, God, yeah. The blues and uh, rock and roll and just uh, grunge. And yeah. Fucking, right. Right. Uh, the late. Uh, the, the, the suits come it's in. Just, and just, it was a, it was like a a product yes you know, right. disco 
Right. You know, I mean, not for nothing, but when a fucking song Disco Duck comes out, like, you know, it's a it's a cultural iconish thing that's yeah. happening. Yeah. So I've, I've got that. I got Disco Duck in my We're definitely going to play Disco Duck tonight. But I started looking into a little bit of like, um, what is a disco song? And it's got all kinds of other, you know, there's like wah-wah guitars and there's a ton of just stuff going on, right? There's strings and horns and so synth. much strings. Yeah. I don't think people understand how much string instruments are happening in these songs. Yeah. Orchestras. There's orchestras like when we just open with the Beethoven's fifth, right? That's what we open right. with. Yeah. And yeah. From the Bee Gees. Yeah. And from uh, Saturday Night Fever. Or Saturday Night Fever, excuse me. And um, like you hear all that shit. That's an orchestra. That's not like two guys in the studio. That's like a full blown orchestra. And that's what that takes to make this kind of music. This kind of music is huge, has a huge sound. I think that's why I don't like it, because I I prefer I like dirty rock and roll music. Yeah. You know, I like the uh, I like the sound of the fingers going up the guitar strings and, and shit like that. And this is so polished and clean. And it's also I I listen to a lot of music at home. Right. I'm not. This is meant to be listened to in a dance club. Yes. Disco is made for dance club and lines of cocaine. Yeah. Right. Correct. You know, like, right. It, that's it, it's like, like, I'm serious. I'm not even trying to be funny. I mean, I know you're not. No, cocaine was what driven disco music, and like the lyrics tend to be really simple, right? It's, you're not hearing. Um, it's not American Pie because it's supposed no. to be like no. you're focusing on the beat to dance. Like, yeah, I just put in my notes like shake, 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 shake your booty over and over and over again yeah. because you're dancing and you're That's not like supposed Shakespeare. To be. That's right. Shakespeare shit. Right, you're not supposed to be listening to like Four Dead in Ohio and you know uh, uh, lecturing us on yeah because it's a bummer you know like at that time you have to remember we're coming out of the '60s you know um, the Vietnam War is over is before AIDS you know it's the whole world was different it was a different kind of thing and I think. Everybody just wanted to have a fucking good time after the whole Vietnam era. Yeah, dude. So, I, yeah, I had in my notes. So, like, the civil rights era was winding down. But then also in the wake of that, you had, like, race riots all over the place. Sure. Particularly in those big cities. Gay people did not have the rights that they have now. I was like, fuck, man. It was it was illegal in cities for certain for gay people to dance with each other that's disgraceful right and then you had not like you're at the tail end of nom so like the late 60s and the 70s uh watergate is going on yeah ml mlk is assassinated so oh, it's really oh. like like you're kind of in this fucked up dark um unemployment starts going up you had like all the gas embargoes, all the fuel shortages and shit like that no and the, the drug Carter. scene is getting huge everybody's hooked right. on heroin and so it really gets kind of dark and there's a lot of people that just like they weren't down with the Woodstock movement, the summer of love shit. And no. so they started like much like hip hop, which is it was crazy, dude, learning about this, like because it was so many parallels to hip hop in that it was like DJs having their own private parties where they were spinning this music and be, they were relying on like samples before, like, you know, the Bee Gees and other artists were making yeah. the music. 
and a lot of like gay people were like the beginning of this research was talking about like the Stonewall ride to New York. So like the the cops would routinely go into bars and if gay people were in there, like, you know, you drag them outside. You thump, yeah, beat the shit out you, of them. Right. Yeah. You give them the wood shampoo with the nightclubs. And at one point they raided this one bar and they were just like, fuck this. We're not. And, and they basically fought back against the cops and it turned into this huge riot. But after all that, a lot of these like clubs all went underground. So gay people had a place to go that they could dance. And so it's like disco became this like underground cultural movement for gay people and a lot of black people too, that they were like, they didn't want to put up with the shit anymore. Right. Of like, you know, like race riots and all kinds of racist motherfuckers. So it just became this totally underground movement, which is really interesting to learn about. No. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know any of that. I didn't know any of that. Like, you know, to think of um, of movement, it, like I said, it's like cliche in my head because of like uh, pop culture. You know, I never thought about what you just explained. If you're a gay dude in New York in 1970, you just want to go do your thing. Yeah. Without without the cops dragging you out of a bar for dancing with somebody or, you know, getting arrested for dancing that with somebody. It's fucking ridiculous. Right. And again, it's like. You know, it that was 45, 50 years ago. It, it wasn't, wasn't even that long. long ago, bro. Right. We were alive. We were born at the tail end of all this shit. Unbelievable. Like, yeah. uh, have, I mean, man, we can just have a whole episode of how music fits in with like civil rights and yeah, right. All that course. shit. And and even when at some point a lot of cities overturned this like gay this ban on gay people dancing, so then the bars were doing it themselves, going like, okay, cool, it's legal in New York, but not in here. So the music all went underground. And I said initially it was like it was DJs, it wasn't musicians making the music, it was DJs yeah. going like just like hip hop, going through the crates to find the beats. And looping them together because they wanted the songs to be really long. Yeah. So people would dance the whole time. I mean, you had that going on, but then you had like the Bee Gees who original, like their songs, original sound of disco. You know, like they, they can't, not that I'm sure they didn't come up with the idea of disco, but they didn't sample anything. They, they can't, they took it out of thin air. And made disco, you know, like shit, man. What's more disco than the opening of Saturday Night Fever? Yeah, there's definitely it definitely splits off in two different paths. There's like some really cool music that comes out of this, and there's a lot of like really bad. Oh shit, my god! Right? Like I said, it was it got so bad later in life. Like like I said, the disco duck thing, and there, there was other like you know like. Even the village people were really, you know, out of control, crazy, stupid, cliche, you know. Yeah, I got something about them, too. But real quick, before we move on to the music, yeah, I yeah. wanted to circle back at the element of disco. So one big thing, and I'm not a musician, you are, but a big part of uh, disco is the four on the floor. Right on. You want to have so something that people can dance easy to. Right. So if I do, you tell me if I'm wrong, but it's a beat in four, four time. Where you yes. hit the bass drum on every beat, so it's like, right? Like so, it's like every sure. every dance sure. song. I mean, that's one way to do it, 
but you can also have a four four going like between the bass drum and the snare drum boom crack boom crack boom boom crack boom crack but like what you say like disco is more of a four on the floor with just the bass drum doom 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 you know I don't know if I'm I love, explaining I, it. No, dude. I, yes. I'm like, I'm so, I love that you just did that. That's fantastic. So I tried to find what was one of the first songs that did that. And I found a, um, Harold Melvin in the blue notes had a song called the love I lost. That was one I heard with, them. with, uh, uh, yeah, they're, they're a Philly, they're a Philly band. Yeah. I heard Teddy, that with Teddy Pendergrass singing. And, uh, this was one of the first songs that had a four on the floor. So let me play a sample, a little bit of that. Please. Yeah. Let's yeah, hear And then let's, let's take it from there. This is soul music. I think this is before. I could see how disco came from soul music too, bro. Dude. Absolutely. All right. Here. As a musician, that is some badass shit. Like, I don't give a fuck what kind of music that was. That I never heard that song. That was some really. You don't know. Yeah. Like when I started playing, I was like, "Oh my god, I know that song." No, I don't know that one. But it was wow. like, like, how important is the bass guitar one in disco music? You know, the groove. It's funk music, right? It's got a lot of funk into it. And um, he yeah, said it, it's it came out of soul, and it's also like I was reading a lot like the New York and the Philadelphia soul sound had huge influences on. I'm disco sure music. the Philadelphia sound, yeah, yeah, those guys, yeah. I could see it being bigger in cities like Philadelphia, New York, Boston, Chicago. You know, oh, yeah, absolutely. They're the, the like they're the ones that had big clubs you know they're the ones that metropolitan kind of thing i don't think you've seen many des- discos in idaho you know or something like that no absolutely but it said it's also culturally like what you got going on with uh you know gay rights and and african-americans latinos and all other kind of stuff but doo-wop also was a product of the city too oh yeah sure that that was like a uh, we had our episode. We were we talked about doo wop. There was just a bunch of guys standing around making songs together. There was nothing else to do. Like you stand standing on the corner on a January night and having a fire in the you know in in the trash can. I I, I you know I experienced that in my life. I've seen it, dude. Let's start with some really fun shit, dude. Let's start with the Bee Gees. The biggest name out of all of this, right? Uh, they were huge and- stars before before Saturday Night Fever. They were already successful band. You remember, like at the end of their career, they came out with like a like a live concert thing. It was like it was I think great. We were, yeah, I saw. Yeah, it. and I kept saying, like, motherfucker, they sound like the Beatles. Like when you strip oh, yeah. away all the 
all the polish and all the disco shit and but that's when they first came out is when the british invasion they were like the jonas brothers if you listen to their catalog outside of the disco era it's a really different sound i mean i think barry gibb is one of the inventors of disco his falsetto voice you know is so different what else could it be and except for a disco song you know i'm staying alive i can't do it let's let's play that tune stand alive all right here we go babe Uh, when i hear song when i, I mean, hear disco that's exactly what i think of um but like that song is so iconic man um do you like the movie saturday night fever yeah, yeah. i think it's a great fucking movie like the older i got the more i appreciated it it's a pretty dark song right like i feel the city breaking and everybody's shaking and i'm just staying alive but that's what the movie's about just those words right there that's what that movie's about would you hear disco like to me? What I think of is the Bee Gees, and then ha ha ha. Here's late, kind of lame Travolta in that stupid, that ridiculous suit. You he's know, with the hand cool in that suit. No, doing, fuck you. doing he's the- cool in that suit. <laughs> but it's like, you know, it, it's so dated, right? It's like, oh, dude. But you, and all honest to God, when I hear "Staying Alive," you know what I think of is from the movie Airplane. And they spoof <laughs> that whole disco scene when when they first meet, you know, whatever the couple's name is. That movie's great, but uh, that's one of my favorite movies. Of but all time, that's but. but that's what happened to, to like that song. It became such a cliche. It became yeah. such a like joke. It became like and it's such a bad ass fucking song. You know, it's like I'm listening to that. You know, it's really a big deal for disco in the drums is the hi-hat. Okay. That closed hi-hat hit. Like that's a big part of fucking that beat shit, man. Definitely. Okay. I really like night fever from Saturday night fever. That's a really fucking great song. Let's play a little bit of that. Okay. Yeah. Here you go. It's another Bee Gees cut. great song man i made this playlist for like two weeks ago and i've been listening to it and that's what i want to get to is like how much musicianship that these songs take to pull off to pull them off the guitar like that don't don't there's jazz it's jazz man there's like jazz chords there's no joke man yeah so i get the theme from shaft on here 
oh, awesome. You know, that has what I was just talking about, a hi-hat being important. This is a great example of it. Dude, I love it when you get into this because I said I'm not a musician, so I love it when you explain this kind of shit to me. So, all right, here we go. I dude, I love that song. Oh, uh, those horns are dynamite, man. I love the Shaft movies. I like the remake. I like the remake they made with um Samuel Jackson. That was a great movie. Yeah, dude, I did too. I I love that era of uh I like the they call them black exploitation, yeah, dolomite like, guys and Yeah, dolomite and shaft and yeah. even the parody like I'm going to get you sucker. I love all that stuff. But that was part of the cult. That was part of the culture, man. You know, like the the, the clothes you know the the afro the 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 platform shoes you know it 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 was all groovy it was all like fun you know i think like i said earlier i think everybody was urging for some fun after s- such a serious time of the 60s yeah you know? i i had two things on that when i hear that song i think that's funk music not disco it's very almost Parliament Funkadelic. Yeah. And another thing, so like, you know, we only play 30 seconds of this, but we started it from the beginning and we were like, holy shit. The it, the song is four minutes and 39 seconds. And the first two minutes and 30 seconds were the instrumental intro. It was all the hi-hat like I was talking about. You know? Yeah, I totally hear what you're saying. It's like it puts the aura out there of um, like shake your butt. You know, like, right. It's very subtle, like nothing's happening. But then all of a sudden the tempo changes into a straight beat. And that's when Isaac starts doing his groove love voice thing. It's a very interesting song, actually. And a lot of these songs are really long because like, so when the musicians started making their own music to go with it after the DJs, they were like, okay, well, the DJs were piecing together all these beats and making really long songs. So the musicians wanted to do that because they were meant to be danced to. Yeah. And you didn't want to have a break. And also, like, a lot of people know Isaac Hayes from South Park. Like, oh, that sounds like chef. But it's like, dude, like, he made a lot of really kick-ass music, too. Oh, yeah. He's an iconic figure. I mean, who cares about chef? You know what I mean? I That's kind of the last thing I think about when I hear about Isaac Hayes. You know, it's it's a funny footnote to his career, but he wrote yeah, some pretty his contribute cool. his contribution to music is way more important than stupid fart jokes on South Park. If you're into rock and roll and music, don't write him off just as that. He did a lot yeah. more. Yeah, great guy. Yeah, all right. He was what a else Scientologist was he? That's why he quit uh, South Park. Oh right! I remember when they killed him off and all that other kind of stuff, and they really, they really dunked on him when he did. Yeah. Oh well. Um, right. I know we talk about Nile Rogers all the time. Yeah. You know, man, 
I think he wrote one of the greatest disco songs ever. Freak out. Oh, La Freak. La Freak. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah, it's so, so great. I don't know the name of it. What? Yeah. So I'm. Am? I'm just gonna own up to that. So we mentioned him in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that they've been nominated. So I'm like absurd number of times and never got in and we were like does anybody know any of their shit you know other than a couple songs and uh i i didn't realize how important he is and Holy he is in shit he is in the rock and roll hall of fame but as oh a yeah by himself and- yeah he's producing his product uh producing abilities yeah. are legendary you know he wrote all those songs for david bowie yeah, a lot of those you bass know? lines too. He just is responsible a, for. Um, so, let's hear the freak, man. Yeah, All and right. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you about the story of the song after we hear it. Okay, cool. Dude, can I say now, Rogers? Can I say it? He's a motherfucker. Yes, right. Oh, so what? What? What's a motherfucker? Base... Remind, remind our listeners, what's a motherfucker? Oh, someone that could play their instrument effortlessly and and speak with it. I don't know. I it's hard to explain. It's hard to explain, but you when you hear when it, you, you hear know it, it, you know what you're talking. Yeah, right. There's been yeah. a couple times we've been like, "That's like a motherfucker." All, Oh yeah, yeah. If you listen to our show, we we say that a lot. Right. But, well, that was um, your thing, and you you taught me that. Well, that's a, that's that's a real thing in in the musician world. Oh, that's, is it? Oh, oh, oh it was, absolutely. Oh no, fuck, I didn't make I, it up. Fuck, I didn't I make it up. It to Ryan McCusker. No, no, no. I didn't make that up. That's not mine. Um, that's a that's a phrase that was used with the Funk Brothers, like from Motown. Okay. You know, they would call each other motherfuckers all the time. And like, who's like, oh, he's one of those motherfuckers, which which was in the band. You're not as brilliant as I thought you were, but you're still. <laughs> I thought I that I was, am. I totally thought that was your thing. And I was like, you know, because a couple of times you've been like, oh, we've listened to something. You've been like, you know what that is? I'm like, that's a motherfucker. You're like, you're, you're right. You've learned. Yeah. All right. Well, I, you know, I still teach it. Right. Hey, tell, I, didn't know, I didn't know what it was until you brought it up. So hey, but now. Now I know what it is since you. Mentioned. I hope our listeners use that term. That's great. Um, let me tell you a story about the freak. Yeah, please. Chic. Okay. Chick was recording their album like in the Times Square area. And at that time, Grace Jones was a celebrity. You know, Grace Jones was making an album. She says, listen, why don't you guys come down to Studio 54 and uh, we'll have a good time. So the evening comes, the band goes down to Studio 54, and they wouldn't let them in. Like, you're like, oh, we're friends with Grace Jones. Or like, who cares? You know, so they got so frustrated, they went back to the studio and wrote the song. It really went, fuck off. She, fuck off. Like, that's what uh, the that's real. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, fuck off. The sheet, the sheet, fuck off. That's like 
that's like the real that's what nah rogers said like what storytellers or some shit there's another chick song on there it's fucking awesome the good it's times good times yeah, yeah dude another song like weddings and parties oh, god yeah. everywhere yeah, Now Rogers is an amazing bass player. Did you hear that groove? Yeah, even like the the wah wah, like the guitar, like the Isn't real. Isn't that quick. great? Yeah, that's the, that's the like sound of disco, though, man. Like, yeah, absolutely. That wah wah pedal along with the, that. Yeah, like, what a great fucking song that is, man. They've been nominated eleven times to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They haven't gotten in yet. That's and a shame. And he was seasoned by himself, right? He is. Yeah. Which I, I think I'm okay with. Like I'm okay with him just being in there. I, yeah. I don't really care about uh, Chick being in there. I think they yeah. got some good songs, but I think his contribution to the whole entire music community, besides just you know, that band and those songs. We talked about them when we did our very first Rock and Roll Hall of Fame episode. We mentioned Chic, and I, I forget. like We were just kind of dunking on him. Like, Does anybody know three songs by them? And a friend of mine went on the he he gave me this really long explanation of how important he was. And my my friend is is gay. Right on. And but and he had his pulse on that way more and I'm kind of like like that's a culture I'm not a part of. So I was like, okay, I I'm woefully ignorant to what disco meant to the gay community. And now as I'm reading all this this cool shit about what that meant when it went underground and gay rights and everything. I was like, oh, wow, I kind of now I get what he was saying at the time. Like, you have no idea how influential Nile Rogers was to like dance music. And then that led into like Madonna and Lady Gaga. And I'm like, fuck. Oh, yeah. And those artists are all very. And I'm sure he worked with both of them. Absolutely. At one point. Absolutely. And I'm kind of like, all right, man, I'm some middle class white dude who grew up in suburban New Jersey. And I'm like, I'm just not a part of that community. Yeah. So maybe I like I don't I don't understand how important this music was. But imagine it's- imagine, you know, being that poor guy, poor kid that lives in the closet his whole life, you know, and then he goes to the club and he hears this music and it's such a movement he could be himself for the first time you know ever you know that's what this music did for a lot of people let them come out of their shells and say this is me and fuck you if you don't like it right and how many times have we told that like you take the music out of that and you just plug it it's almost like a prisoners of rock and roll mad libs like i'm a misfit until i found blank Right. It could have been disco or Bowie yeah. or punk yeah. or right. Like, I mean, yeah. music is is full of giving uh, making people who don't feel like they're part of something, part of a community. Right. No, like, absolutely. I mean, every music movement has a cult following. You know, it's like 
when you're when I moved to uh, a new school, you know, I looked out for the kids with the heavy metal shirts. And they're the first kids I'm trying to become friends with because I already have something in common. You know, you're metal, metal, you're you're automatically friends. You know, it's just how it goes. Just another thing, just doing this show that I've just kind of pieced together. I'm like, so fucking cool, right? Like music just has been a, uh, I don't know a flag you can rally around to be part of a community forever, right? Whether you're a rock and roller yeah. or you're into Sinatra or you're shit. They used to play whistling Dixie during the civil war. And it was a pro point of yeah. pride. Just yeah. amazing. Really cool. Now, that's one of the reasons I love doing this show, man. I love learning all this stuff. And uh, I said, I'm a, I'm a big fan of like history. So I, I listen to this stuff and I just love learning about like culture and what was going on in the world. And really this cool. was such a huge part of music history. I mean, not for nothing, man. And a lot of beginning are uh, a lot of beginning of hip hop and everything were samples from these disco songs. You know, without any of this disco music, there'd probably be less hip hop. You know? One of the yeah, I watched a couple of YouTube documentaries on the history of disco, and they were like, you know, it, it, we'll get to when it ends and how it ended, but they were like, it kind of like somebody's hit the fucking reset button, and it was just started like it's the hip hop started almost the exact same way. Yeah, and it just you know in somebody, the streets in the clubs. Yeah, right. Somebody it's like the old Nintendo. Somebody took out the cartridge and blew in it and put it back in, and it just yeah, it just went in a different direction musically. Really cool. Disco also is fucking sexy, bro. Like, there are some songs that are really, really sexual. And and just... Go ahead. I hope you're going to bring up the song I think you're going to bring up. The Donna yes, Summer I song. Feel Love. I, this song is so goddamn sexy. And she's not even doing much. But, like, have you seen the movie American Hustle? No. There's a scene in it with this song and it's so fucking amazing scene in the movie and it's it's unreal. Let's play it, man. Yeah, all right. Dude, that's like early techno. I don't know a whole lot about her either, but when I was reading some stuff, they were saying that like you know, all dance music, modern, whatever it's called, EDM, like comes out of her. Oh, oh she's the greatest, dude. Absolutely. And I she, didn't she's one of the greatest voices of all time in music. Right. That was again, yeah. I, I have her Wikipedia page in front of me is that was just playing. I'm like, she had a top forty hit every year from seventy six to eighty four. She had 12 top 10 hits, 10 top five hits. She had more top hits in that era than any other artist. Um, Unreal. 14 top 10 singles, four number ones, just on top of the charts. And then kind of when disco ends, she just kind of dropped off and just that yeah. was the end of her career. But. Yeah. Um, she made a splash, though, when she was around. I mean, she's iconic. I mean, I hope her business skills were up because her, her music is timeless 
you know it's yeah. played everywhere in commercials her voice is everywhere yeah she, i mean she's also like a, a very big soundtrack for gay movement you know yeah i a will lot of survive i will survive what's bigger than that you know um that's not her that's gloria gainer oh see i don't know what i'm talking about ever. Yeah. <laughs> um she I had a good point. Something about her, like I the last dance. I mean, the last dance is hers, right? You. That's hit, it. That's, that's the last yeah. song at every fucking wedding you go to in your yeah. entire adult life. It's like the last call. It's like closing time. It's like right. I love that song though. Not closing time, but uh, last dance. Let's play a little bit of it. such a beautiful song and she's unbelievable like, like i you know i always say i'm not a big fan of women singers like that but disco music is made for female singers Finn. you know that's a good point even i even the bgs are arguably the biggest disco song right he's got a very high voice and i've never heard another yeah, thing like that very before. falsetto nobody yeah. who else sings like barry gibbs i yeah i don't know anybody that sings like them there was another right. BG song on here we didn't play. Let's play it real fast. You, you should, should be dancing. Be dancing. Uh, here you go. Yeah, it's just you know, real fast. Do it, Bruce. Dance. Dude, I would be dancing with my chest hair out with gold chains, fucking dark sunglasses. That song is rocking. I had a I'm looking it up as we're (laughs) just listening to this. I had a Bee Gees record player when I was a kid that my parents bought me. It was like a little collectors. Yeah, I, I I don't even want to look up what they go for now. Right. One of those like, you know, it closes up in a little handle. You can carry it around a little seven inch. And had them on it, and it was all like retro shit. And, and oh, that's like, cool. I probably could have sold that and all my Star Wars toys for like four thousand dollars and retired now. But yeah, uh, totally. But, yeah, I, I dude, I always remember my dad listening to this soundtrack all the time. Too, oh yeah, and, but like the the movie is great. I mean, I it's a I don't know if you have you seen it or you ever pay yeah. attention to it, you know. The story is like, here's this like loser guy that's not good at anything, but just dancing. Yeah. You know, and uh, he's like the shame of the family. It's, yeah, it, it's a great fucking movie. And, and and John Travolta, man, he's such a great actor. He's such a great actor in that movie. Yeah. 
But when he comes back in like Pulp Fiction, everybody was was like, "Oh, here comes the guy who was like the joke from Saturday Night Fever," or like who's, who's like, talking or shit, like, right? You know, yeah, like he's he's remembered to be in that dude in that leisure suit because it's so dated, like immediately. It's, it's not dated; it's iconish. Yeah, I, I guess. Well, um, I, I think they go together too, right? Like it's you know, it's a point, it's a point in time of history, right? Like you can look at somebody in a zoot suit and be like, "That looks ridiculous," unless it was in the nineties. But you look at somebody yeah. in the fort, then it would look ridiculous. But in the forties, right? Like Cab Calloway looks ridiculous. You're like, but that's that's the style of the time. We didn't have it on here. You didn't have it on the playlist, and I just I want to talk about it before I fucking forget. Would be go for it, Barry White. Barry White, man. I love Barry. He's the smoothest man ever. He was a big man, and all the ladies loved him. Because that was a song, too. I think he was one of the first, like, uh, as the, the shift went from, like, DJs into musicians making this music, I thought he was one of the first ones. He was and a DJ, from, was he? Yeah. No, he started underground, like... And then he really rocketed up the charts. But as the shift went from DJs making these really long songs to when the record industry goes like, holy shit, we could make money out of this. Let's find some artists to make these really long songs. I think yeah. he was one of the first ones to make like a disco song. And uh, Love's Theme is a, like an iconic disco song. Let's play Barry and, I, and we'll, we'll like, yeah, let's play something from him. But that's an instrumental. But that was like that was huge. That was a huge disco song. I never heard that. That was great. Really? You don't know, man? How the fuck I do know I know that. more about disco music than you do? Uh, cause you're lame-o. Ah, uh, cause you're lame, son. All right. Um, uh, Barry White definitely a sound of disco. You know, what else is a really great song. And the movie is fucking great. Is Car Wash? That's a disco song. Yeah, this is another song that I'm like, is that a funk song or is it a disco song? I, there's there's a lot of these that I'm like, it's right down the middle. I can't tell, but yeah, that's by uh, Rose Royce. Here you go. Yeah, man. Love it. I'm sorry I did. I fucking love it. No, I like I love that song. And I've kind of grown up enjoying funk music, but I don't like disco. And I'm like, what they're kinda like go hand in hand. Right, but I've been like I to me that's a that's a that's a funk song. 
I've never thought that as a disco. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? Am I like, did I just fall victim to like the disco sock? Then I just meet. You know, I think, like, I think we, we just grew up in a time that everybody just said, Oh, oh disco is a mistake. You know, right? We're, we're rock and rollers. And they just said that disco was garbage. And okay. I just, but like, then you have, like, we were talking about parliament, right? They have like a disco kind of sound. I put a song on the playlist. It's called Unfunky UFO and it's 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 fucking great. Right. And they're the funkiest motherfunkers whoever funked. I mean George Clinton whoever is like funked. right. He's the mothership, right? Like he's he's the top it, of the of the whole thing. But he's funk, but this song rolls into disco category. Right. And so so did all right, let's just some of James Brown did too. But all right, let's play it here. You know who's playing bass on that shit, right? That's Bootsy, right? That is motherfucking Bootsy Collins. Right. Bootsy's a motherfucker. I've seen Ah, yes. I've been saying for six months we should do a show on Parliament Funkadelic, but... Oh, man. They're come. We're going to go see them, dude. I, we might be. I a Funk music... A friend of mine just said, like, funk music is just so funky. It's just... Now that you just said funky, why don't we play Funky Town? What do you think of that song? I dude, I love that song. Yeah, it's killer. And I, yeah, I don't know, man. But we 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 probably should pick up the. Pay. We've been talking for an hour and forty minutes. Yeah, why don't we take a little break, bro? Yeah, why don't we take a little break? I've got um, I got a couple things I want to talk on. I would love to talk about when like major rocked acts went disco. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Everyone tried to get into That'd it. Be funny. Yeah. And then let's talk about the end. Let's talk about Disco Duck and Macho disco Man Demo- and fucking yeah, yeah the BG Disco Demolition, and then we'll uh, we'll fucking we'll get the fuck out of here. Yeah, man. All, All right, right, stick around, yo. Prisoners of Rock and Roll is sponsored by McCusker's Tavern at 17th and King Street, Philadelphia. There's something for everyone on the beer list and the jukebox in McCusker's. It's minutes from the sports stadiums in Philly, making it a great place to stop by for a few drinks before or after a concert or a game. Come see for yourself why everyone from Philadelphia Magazine to Playboy has called it one of the best dive bars in the city. Visit them at 17th and Chunk Streets in Philadelphia or on Facebook. That's McCusker's Tavern. So the leisure suits of the disco era may have gone out of style, but a good pair of socks is timeless. 
which is why we are so proud to tell you about Boldfoot Socks. Boldfoot is a veteran-owned business that makes awesome products for every occasion. Every single pair of socks is made right here in America, and they stand by their product by offering three months of sock insurance. They also stand by American veterans by donating 5% of their profits to veterans in need. We are so proud to have Boldfoot sponsor Prisoners of Rock and Roll, and they would be proud to have you as a customer. So head on over to boldfoot.com and tell them that Bruce and Ryan from the Prisoners of Rock and Roll sent you. That's boldfoot.com. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Those kids were fast as lightning. In fact, it was a little bit frightening. But they fought with expert time. All right, we're back. Thanks so much for sticking with us. That was Kung Fu Fighting by Carl Douglas. Another, like, I mean, is that a novelty song? Is that a disco yeah, song? Yeah, but that's that what disco, like, eventually, like, came, like you said, like a novelty. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't know. It was, it was just, it came and it went. And it was only for a couple of years, but it was so big. Rock bands were putting fucking disco songs out, man. You know what, dude? Before maybe we get into the, we, I have, and I have a couple lists of those. I think I have two artists that I think we need to talk about beforehand for okay. the first one is Gloria Gaynor. So you mentioned I will survive and we should probably oh, yeah. play a little bit of it. Cause that is like, holy uh, shit. Oh yeah. That is a anthem. Yeah. I yeah. read it, dude. I, I read about that and she, um, she broke her back and she had to learn how to walk again. And she wrote that song about that, like recovering really? from her injury. Wow. And the, the song never did shit. Until the DJs at Studio 54 started playing it. We haven't talked about Studio 54 yet. Maybe we should. But well, let's um, play a little bit of her and then we'll talk about yeah. Studio. All right. Just turn around now. Because you're not welcome anymore. 
I never listened to the words of that song before. Yeah, if she talked about like oh changing the locks and everything, it's 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 pretty nasty or bold, uh, empowered song. But not for nothing, dude. Nothing to me is more sexy than an independent, strong woman. And I think that's what that song is about. Right. All right. And the other, the other really big band I think we need to talk about is ABBA. Oh, so I was like, going to say, we need to talk something about really bad. ABBA, ABBA, whatever you say it, dude, they fucking suck. Every one of their fucking songs is awful. I have no idea how they are such an iconic thing. I mean, that I don't know how we haven't show. put them in the electric chair yet. Well, the, the night is young, my friend. Until <laughs> <Right. laughs> tonight, right? I, dude, I agree. But like Euro disco becomes like a thing, and I mean they're they're huge, right? They're they are Were they from how Sweden? popular they are. They're they're all still alive. Yeah, some I think some they're somewhere. I'm sure they're playing. Yeah, somewhere they're all tonight. old, right? They're doing a tour for that thing with like uh, the holograms, where like it shows them oh, like right old. Fuck that. Yeah. Let's hear some uh, bad dancing queen. I want I want to take a minute and apologize to our listeners for that because that was the worst we've ever played on our show. <laughs> How the fuck are they so big? We're probably God. gonna be pl- we're probably gonna be playing them again in twenty minutes for the electric chair. For, so. I'm all the what, which song do we start with? <laughs> probably uh, that one. I don't know. We'll find a better one, dude. I but I see like how. All the females run to the dance floor when Abba comes on. Like, I don't know what it is. I mean, I don't either. They, they suck. They when they when we sit here, does disco suck? They are what comes to mind when I think about what does disco suck? Yeah, because Wait, to that. me, it's like that's just lame white people coming in and going. We want to do this too, but. Yeah, but they're like from another country. They're like Swedish. Right, they're Swedish, right. Yeah. Very strange. Very strange. So, but um, also, before we get to the end of disco, what also, when it gets big, is all these really big artists who are in rock and roll all decide that they need to get on board, too. Sure. Disco is so big. Fucking Kiss made a disco song. And it's really pop. Still, to do this, one of the most popular songs on Spotify. It's not a bad song, but here you go. They play it every time, every night they play it. In the darkness, there's 
love that song bro but this is also where like disco music stops being played in the clubs and it starts being played on the radio and i think when you hear it on the radio whether if you're dancing in a club like you're feeling the beat and you're just kind of i'm fuck i've not been in a dance club in 30 years but you're like you know what i mean it's like you'd have a different experience with the music and if you're driving in your car and you're listening to this shit you're kind of like what the fuck yeah, like Abba comes. If I'm drunk as hell, or I'm doing coke, and I'm in a, some club, <laughs> oh yeah, you know, I, all the all the coke you do, yeah, absolutely, right. Well, I, well, yeah, I'm theor- yeah, I, I know you have a problem. You have a problem. Right. I know. But if I'm all if I'm all zonked out of my mind that I'm in some club and Abba comes on or something with a catchy bass or a beat, I'm having one experience. The opposed, like I'm in my car and I'm driving to work, I have a totally different experience from it. Yeah, there's a time and place for everything, man. Right, you like know. there's t- there's times like I would go out, you know, as a younger man and would hear dance music. I'm like, it's kind of cool. I would never listen to that shit at home. No, I mean, if you like, we just showed like, uh, we just played Kiss and like that. That's if you go to on Spotify, that's their most popular song yeah. on Spotify. You know, it's like disco. It just reached so many different things. Another another guy that did. A disco song was Rod Stewart. I have that teed up on Spotify right now. Do you Dude, think I'm sexy? Like, do or do we share a brain, my friend? I was I no. I, I was asking you. Do you think I'm sexy? You know I do, my friend. <laughs> well, let's play the song. That's a great song. Dude, you know what I think of when I hear that song? Is that Mike Myers movie, I Married an Axe Murderer. Do you remember that one? And yep, yep. Mike Myers is playing the Swedish grandfather, the father. Yeah. And he's singing that fucking song. If you know my body and you think I'm sexy, don't you? There's a pipe it down. A <laughs> pipe it down. Good stuff. But, you I- know. Rock and roll had its time in disco. I got a couple more. You know who was really big a lot too was Michael Jackson. Uh, do you read my mind again? Goddamn right. So I've been doing the show for three years. So yeah. So when "Don't Stop to Get Enough" comes out, great song, kinda, right? It's this is a disco song. He comes out of the Jackson Five. Was one of his early solo songs. And yeah, it's a disco song. Here you yeah. go.
man, you know, I've heard that song a billion times, but with the headphones on, I'm listening to all the string instruments in the background. And man, I don't even, I, I'm trying to figure out how many violins is cello playing, like what's going on in that background. But wow, what a great song. I am so far in the minority, but I don't like Michael Jackson, and I just can't get over what a scumbag he was. But uh, you know what? He's, yeah, he should be. Shitbag of the Shit week. Yeah, Michael was a definitely different kind of guy. Yeah, he was an alien. <laughs> was Body Language by Queen, was that a was that a disco song? I was thinking earlier, was Body Language one or was another one Bites Dust? Yeah, another. that's a good. Let, let's talk about that. So, yeah, so I got two more. I was thinking we play that. We play something by Blondie and then we get the fuck out of here. Oh, you got to talk about the end and Disco Duck and all everything else. But uh, yeah, another one Bites of Dust might be a disco song. Let's play a little bit of that. It definitely has a disco beat to it or the, the bass line. definitely see disco shit going on with that song some of these other artists we're talking about have done like one-off disco songs but they kind of like they were all over the place with the music that they did and they did a couple right. songs that you know they're amazing we need to do yeah. a show about them sometime too absolutely um uh, we we mentioned it before we took a break bruce but um let's talk about studio 54 for a couple minutes yeah dude all right so one more one more song. I just want to. We don't have to play because we played a bunch of their shit before, and we're, we've been here all night. But like, Blondie, Heart of Glass was also like a huge disco hit and helped. Uh, you know, we've talked before about like what she does for music because she was so attractive, right? Like she's. We didn't. We didn't, we don't want to just write her write them off because she was hot, but no, she was talented. Certainly helped with what they. She was did. so talented. I mean, she. She sold her whole self, you know, like she was a star before she was she was in a band. You know, she was she was born to be somebody. She, you know, like Blondie, like they crossed over in every kind of music. Of course, they crossed over to disco, you know. Some episode we did, I compared them to The Clash, with just how many different types of music that they did. I mean, yeah, can you imagine and, them starting at CBGB's and then having a song being played at Studio Fifty Four, like in the same in the same year? You know, like, and they didn't get like people didn't throw rocks at them for doing that. No, no. I mean, the punk scene and and the disco scene are way two different fucking things. Blondie fits in both both of them. Right. Well, all right, so let's so they went from CBGB's to Studio 54. Let's talk about Studio 54 a little bit before we talk about the the end of 
disco and you actually wanted to you were like shit we could just make this whole episode about oh, studio 54 studio 54 has a great dark story man um they made a movie about studio 54 years ago it was okay but um i don't know the the, the owner's names on the top of my head or anything but man the money that those guys made and what they tried to hide from the uh the IRS. irs man they went to jail for a while but uh studio 54 was the place to be like um they're infamous for not letting people in if you weren't good looking or if you weren't um wearing something cool or anything they would not let you in like they would pick people out of the line like say you can come in you can come in but your friends can't come in you know, oh, you can't come in, and it 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 was such a weird scene. It was an old theater, and on the stage, above the stage, it was a, a half moon with a coke spoon. You know, that's how big cocaine was in the disco scene in Studio Fifty Four. You know, there's there's everybody went to Studio Fifty Four. Like you would go in there and like Mick Jagger's there. And then and then there's pictures of uh Jimmy Carter's mother was there. You know, like everybody went to Studio 54. I mean, it was like like it's like we're I don't know, a certain kind of freaks, you know, like the club kids. Like like that was like the original club kids. The history of music that we've talked about before this, everything has been about like Anybody can be a part of the club, right? Like you're, you're yeah. a misfit. You're this, that. and then suddenly disco changes and it becomes like, you have to be, this is the first time I, I have found where like the velvet rope and all that other kind of shit comes in. Yeah, you're absolutely. Right. Like you said, like Jagger was there. Like what I, what I was reading and I watched a couple documentaries on studio 54, which is fascinating about how you know, totally wasn't it's crashed, but they said that like, uh, you know, Bianca Jagger, Mick, Mick Jagger's wife, like had a birthday party there and she rode a fucking horse into the studio. And it was like everybody who was, you know, Andy Warhol and uh, Salvador Dali and all these amazing top tier artists. And it became like, you know, the media starts taking pictures and it just spiraled out of control. Like, look who's here. Oh, I want to be there. Cause look who's here. Yeah. And then fuck it. We're not going to let people in because look who's here. It just became this, this, thing that yeah. i would ever want no part of but oh no you know, yeah that's not all right you're right it's, um, like at some point like they started um like it's uh, what i was reading was like yeah they would start giving out gift bags of cocaine to, they, they had a guy whose whole thing was to give coke to the celebrities that's unreal the upstairs was all big orgy like the in the theater but like the theater that like when you go upstairs in the old theaters and it hung down like that, that was like, you know, a big just orgy pit. You, you didn't know what you were going into. Did they said like the floors up there had like rubber sheets everywhere because they just knew people were going to be having sex everywhere. Man, this is for AIDS. This, you know, it's shit must have been crazy, bro. People were probably doing rails of coke and just banging everywhere in that fucking place you know like yeah just 
I, the, every cliche of 80s New York over the top opulent drugs and and yeah it was all right there and it, it all was everything crashing. it was all it was all beautiful you know in its own way it was disco it was it's so it was such an iconic thing they have i believe something in vegas that studio 54 to this day that building is something i don't know what what it's a theater there's like something playing there now i don't know but i've been there i've been i've been past it you know yeah, I, I would have loved to, to have been in there to see the chaos. Maybe be in the orgy. I could have been in the orgy. That would have been cool. Okay. Which, so, <laughs> yeah, on that note, let's play some funny shit, man. Let's play something. Let's talk about the village people. Those motherfuckers. You ever see their movie? The music, no. the music doesn't stop. It's called. But I have them in my notes that they were the be- beginning of the end of all this. I had a plastic guitar as a kid with the village people on it. Okay. I have no idea why they were on the guitar. None of them played guitar. But I ha- it was bizarre. I wish I still had it. In my Between that and my Bee Gees uh, record player. But the but a lot of those characters too were like the biker and the construction worker like that comes out of like gay culture or like gay. But they were like the kind of people that were hanging out in the village in New York City. But YMCA is also like a. It's kind of alluding to like hookup culture for gay people. Like totally, totally. But but how many times you cannot go to a wedding and they're not doing YMCA, bro. So it's bigger. It's bigger than some gay thing, you know. Right. It's kind of like uh, like we are the champions by Queen is a very gay anthem, and it's just been co opted by other people. It's like yeah. we just play to weddings and shit like that. You know, play to sports. I just play a little YMCA. We've never we're three years in. We've never played no. Let's play Macho Man. Fuck YMCA. Right. Play Macho Man. All right. I know this is the warden's favorite. Here you go. Yes, because he's a Macho Man. That song is terrible. And oh my god, dude, it's so bad. But the, the village people do not have a truck driver, so we need to start a petition to get the warden, a truck driver, added to the village people, and the warden he should would, be that. He would totally fit in as a village person. He totally. He should could. Be. He could be between the Indian and the biker. <laughs> he could stand right in between them. Especially with his new tattoo that you helped design. Yes, I am very uh, proud of that. Shit. Um, but uh, they, they were a huge household name, the village people. Like I said, they made a movie with Jeff Goldblum was in it. Yeah. Disco Duck was another. Do you remember that whole album? Oh, no. Disco Duck came out first. Yes. And Disco Duck was like, I mean, it was like, that's mean. That's like, like somebody's trying to be nasty at the end of Disco and 
We're leading up to the disco demolition, but we'll play a little bit of disco doc. That's so fucking bad. That's not even Disney related. That has nothing to do with Disney. No. Disney put out their own disco album. I don't think you remember. I just pulled it up on my Spotify. It's called Mickey Mouse Disco. I had this shit growing up. You pull it up on Spotify. And there's a song on it. Do you recognize it? No, but. Do you see the cover? Yeah. Look at the song. It's called Watch Out for Goofy. Play that shit. Uh, this, this might be electric chair. Okay. That's not. That's really but, bad. But that's how big disco was. Walt Disney put out a disco the- album. everybody had their hands in disco man you know like i'm sure there's other movies we can think of than saturday night fever you know but it was a whole iconic thing just you know finish our thoughts here on disco you know it in its own thing and in its time it was perfect everybody was having fun everybody it was before, like, you know, cocaine was illegal. Everybody had it. Everybody was doing it. It was all about having fun, especially after when the 60s were such a drag, you know? Yeah, it was definitely a, a like a reaction to everything being a drag. But also, like, the end of it, it's a really fucked up story how disco ends. It's like, it's crazy because, like, you can put it down to, like, one moment where disco ends and so it was like it was one dude right so it was like the disco demolition night and it was a one radio where was it it was a baseball stadium chicago yeah okay so it was like one well and this is where it gets fucked up so there's one radio dj he works for a record label in chicago and it was a rock station and when disco gets huge, all the white people come rushing in, all the record labels come rushing in, and everybody wants to change their format, and everyone's got to make music. So this guy named Steve Dahl, he was a Chicago radio DJ, and he gets canned, and he goes like, dude, we, we're going to do something. We're going to stand up against uh, disco music. And where it gets fucked up was Disco Duck was already a thing, and he wanted to start a group called the Disco Ducks Clan. And he was like literally going to have people dress up in robes and white sheets and burn disco musics like the like the KKK. What a fucking idiot. Right. So he for some reason decides that he's not going to do that. So he had like they decide they're going to have this fucking this thing. This event in the middle of a doubleheader on July 12th, 1979, Comiskey Park. There was the, the White Sox sucked. 
So not a lot of people went to the games. And they said, dude, if you bring a disco record, you could get in for 98 cents. And in between the double headers, we're going to put all the records in the, on the field and they were going to blow them up. And the people started realizing that a lot of people that were bringing the records were like, they're bringing Motown records and black artists. And be like, dude, this isn't a disco record. Yeah. And these people are just like, who cares? Just throw it on the field. So like, people were being racist as fuck. And just like, they were equating disco music with like black people music. And after this guy went like, yeah. Go Duck Clan. And they put all these records on the field and they blow them up. And the um, the field catches on fire, and then a fucking riot breaks out. And I've seen are, the riot. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it's really gross. And people are chanting, Disco sucks. And that's kind of why we wanted to name the title of this episode, Does Disco Suck? But in the 70s, the term suck was a really derogatory term because it had, it was like anti gay. Right, so you said something sucks. It'd be like, well, you're 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 gay. You're a faggot. You're you suck dick. Like it was like it was a really yeah. harsh. You know, yeah. now it's it's so much softer. But then it was so it had such a heavier crude, thing. very crude. right, right, right. So saying it's yeah. crude. So saying disco sucks was really hateful and sh- right, shitty to say. And uh, in hindsight, it's really like it's amazing how fucked up that was. Um, yeah, I mean, but like them, like burning that shit. It's like book burning, man. Right. That's what one of the a guy who was a um, like a uh, an usher at the event was like, "Yo, dude, they, these like aren't the disco Nazis records." Did this shit, you know? That's exactly what he said. He was like, "These are these are not disco records. They're black artists." And they're like, "Fuck it, who cares?" He's like, "This is a book burning." Yeah. The the network we're on Pantheon, their flagship rock and roll archaeology. They did. A whole episode on this actual event. No way! How, I got, I got and how to that. it's like fifteen minutes, dude. I'll, I'll send it to you. It was it was yeah, really it was really interesting hearing how fucked up this was. And this was like this was the end of disco. This was like so. And the guy who burned all the book, he wore like a patent helmet and all this other like yeah. military shit. What a douchebag! Right. Um. Well, not a douchebag. Maybe a shitbag. Shit. Go for it. Bag of the week. And then then I read some stuff about like how line in the sand that was. So two years before that, Sheik had four top 10 hits. They had two number ones. And after this event, they never had another hit again from 75. Now Rogers had plenty of hits after that. Right. But, but Sheik never had another. another, Yeah. 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 Right. Like Earth, Wind, and Fire had four platinum albums between 75 to 79. They never had another album. The Bee Gees had six top hits from 77 to 79. And then after this event, they didn't have another hit for 10 years. So it's like, that is like a, like, it's like a line in the sand. Like, it every, yeah, wiped it out. Yeah. it, It, it just, it was almost like, I don't know if we even put this in there, but it was even it was like how Nirvana came in, yes, and, yeah, uh, right, and just took out the whole hairband scene with once one swoof, one guitar lick. They killed the whole fucking scene. They just wiped everything off the board. Unreal. 
I don't know how I feel about like the burning of like disco shit and I don't know. I get it, like rock and rollers, you know, I'm sure they were all like ACDC fans there and you know, shit like that and like punk rockers and because you know, like, you know, not for nothing disco, it was a really kind of a guido kind of thing. Yeah. You know, it, it really like separated uh a, a a group of individuals like you were a certain kind of person if you listen to disco you were a certain kind of person if you listen to punk rock in new york city at, at that time one side of the block you got fucking cbgb's the other side of the block you got studio 54 i totally agree and i think had i lived at the time i'd have been like yeah dude disco sucks yeah, but i also would have been yeah. i would have been ignorant to like how important that music was to a certain genre of people because i didn't i didn't fucking know until a week ago how important that was i've just been around my sister my whole life loving disco and i have i and i i, I like it I, I don't hate it i don't dance i do not dance i make people dance with playing the drums you know but to me in the question does disco suck no it doesn't because there's a lot of talented musicians that play on all that shit. Does the whole cliche of disco suck? Yeah, it totally does. I think I would say yes, it does, because only that it got so corporate so fast and so many just uh, something I a documentary I, I watched said like it went from being like the underground nightclub to like the bar at the holiday inn in some yeah. like, suburban neighborhood like so it got yeah. lame so fast yeah maybe the, the beginning of it no but the overall story of it like yeah it's pretty shitty however it's also incredibly important in the history of music so i i don't discount that it's just not my it's just not my thing but i i'm with you i'm not a i don't go out there yeah i i mean i'm a fan of all music and i can appreciate all the musicianship that went in to make these songs there's more in it that I enjoy than I thought I did a couple of weeks ago when I started doing the research. I'm like, all right, I, I enjoyed this. Yeah, this came out uh, better. I thought this would just be like a joke episode. Yes. You know, and, right. and this actually became something like intelligent to talk about. All right, let's move on to the back end of the show so we can get. Da -da 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 -da. So, second thoughts. So, you've been to like a shit ton of concerts since Holy the last couple shit. of right? That's, a, that's an understatement. Oh my God, dude. I've been to like, oh, I saw Fish four times in two weeks. I saw Metallica. How was Metallica, uh, dude? They, they were great. Yeah. I mean, they played, what, what's East Rutherford Stadium called? The Giant Stadium? Uh, MetLife. That stadium is so big and let me tell you bruce there was not a single seat empty like i was looking for an empty seat and i couldn't find one it was a great show i mean it was so crowded i i bailed early because i had to beat the traffic get the hell out of there i mean wow okay yeah but it was great actually springsteen was going to be the end of my summer run your last show yeah I mean, I got chosen in September, but you know the summer's over then. But uh, yeah, whatever. You know, seeing fish four times in two weeks is pretty legit too. Oh yeah, that shit. 
it's like when you do something like that, Bruce, it's like you have that feeling you like you survived. Like I'm sure like you feel that when you went camping on the boat and shit right. like that. It's like I survived something. That's how I feel after a fish run. Sure. Like I survived. Yeah, the only show I saw the last month, I, I went to Pantera and I was, how was like that? I dude, it was really good. Yeah. Um Phil sounded great. Zach Wilde can play freaking guitar. They played all their hits. The crowd Charlie was all Bennett's around. Charlie the man. Yeah. Charlie Bennett. Like, yeah, the drummer. He's the man. Yeah. The guy from yeah. Anthrax. The crowd was all around my age. That's cool. I, I yeah. wanted to see them, but I, I just couldn't get it together to check them out. Yeah. yeah I mean, you didn't. I don't know. It was cool. I, I wasn't I, like, you know, oh, my God, part, you missed something. Part of me is like, those guys can go fuck themselves without the, the Abbott guys, you know, but hey, people want to celebrate the music. People want to hear it go out there and be it. Sure. Yeah. I, I was I was glad I I saw them. But also, I I know how much fish means to you and seeing them four oh, times yeah. in like two weeks is that's cool. I'm glad yeah, you did oh, that. Dude, it, it was fucking great. Two nights in Philadelphia and two nights at Madison Square Garden. That's awesome. I'm yeah. glad you did that. Yeah, man. It's it's I look forward to it all year. That's my summer. Very cool. And then the other second thoughts I had was that we are sponsored by Boldfoot Socks. And the owner, Josh, messaged us like a couple months ago. I was like, hey, I'm coming to Washington, D.C. and Philadelphia on vacation. And I made some plans to meet up with him. And on a Saturday afternoon, he was in Philly. And it was like he and his fiance and his sister, his brother-in-law, and a couple other people. It was like six people. We all met up at McCusker's in Philadelphia. Oh, and we were there for a couple hours. I know you had you had some shit going dude, on. I felt so bad that, that I missed my chance to meet him, dude. And you got some family stuff going on, and I knew you were going yeah. up to see fish. And, and I yeah. explained to Josh what you had going on, and you know he yeah. was incredibly uh, hopes everything works out and everything else. But uh, it was awesome because he was asking me so many questions about the show. Around, really? Uh, dude, he was telling his sister about like, well, they do this thing called Shitbag of the Week and they play this little thing and they, uh, yeah, he was asking like, uh, how do you guys pick the song to be the uh, the electric chair? And but one of the coolest things that he was like, he was talking about Dick Dale. He's like, I, you guys brought up Dick Dale and I thought you were just being, look how smart I am. I know this obscure guitar player. You don't. He's like, and I went back and listened to him and I was like, holy shit, that guy could really play guitar. Yeah. We and know what we're like, talking about. Right. He was like, I learned something. And uh I don't know. We, we learned like, something. We learned right. something every week. Yeah. Right. And we were there for, I don't know. We were there. I was there for two and a half hours. And I uh, wish I was there. Yeah. I would have loved to met him. I just, uh, like I said, family stuff going on and it's I all take good. Care of, I have to take care of business, you know? Well, the, the, as I was leaving, your dad walked in. Oh, really? And, and I was walking out the door and I didn't even see your dad in there. And he tapped me on the shoulder and was like, Hey, Bruce, what's going on? And I was like, Hey, Mr. McCusker, how long you been here? He's like, I've been here 55 years. How long you been here? <laughs> and I introduced him to, to Josh and Boldfoot. And Josh Did you tell was me like, he was our sponsor. Yeah. Yeah. And Josh was like, Mr. McCusker, it's an honor to be in here. It was nice to meet you. Totally polite, as you expect from a former military man. And I was like, okay, my job here is done. I'm going to take my leave and go home. It was an awesome, awesome time. They did all the, you know, the Philly shit. They, uh, it's the, great. 
the state, you know, the art museum, the and, Rocky uh, shit. Yeah, they got the cheesesteaks and all that. They went to the Phillies game the night before. It was really, really cool. I um, wish I could have been there to show the bar like me, like give them like the, all the stories behind yeah. everything. And I, you know, maybe next time, hopefully. But Josh, you're the man. I we appreciate you being involved with us. Our, our our small hobby that we have and having you involved makes it more fun. I, I took a picture with them in the bar. And I, I texted to you and I shared it on the whole Pantheon podcast network because they're all Josh is very supportive of all the Pantheon. And the coolest thing was he gave me a couple pairs of prisoners or rock and roll socks. I saw them. So I'm I totally w- jealous. Well, when I see you, Nick, one of the pairs is for you. So I will. Give well, you- really? Yeah, he gave oh. a pair for me and a pair for you. They have our oh, logo. I thought you only got one. No, dude. No, it's one for each uh, of us. Josh, you're the man, dude. So he embroidered a custom pair of socks with our logo. He actually said his mom embroidered them for us, and he said his mom wants to get our logo tattooed on her. She's like, that would be way cooler. And I was like, that's we totally fine with us. We have fans. So it's next time I warden, it's just not the warden. Listen to us, right? When he was asking me about the warden, he's like, "Is the warden really a prisoner?" And he's a truck driver. I was like, "No, he's he's a, he's a friend of ours." He's, he's the warden. There's nothing else to say. He's the man in charge, like like Charlie's Angels. <laughs> he's Charlie. Let's just move on to the electric chair and call it a night, man. I, you got something for the electric chair? We kill yeah, a song dude, for sucks. We, we talked about Abba, you know, and they make disco suck if there's say disco sucks it's because of bands like them now besides dancing queen being a bad song that song gimme 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 a man Uh, after midnight oh god all this is like whatever they call it euro disco or euro uh, dance Ew. <laughs> That's all I got to say is ew. Wow. I'm like, I fucking hate Madonna, but I know this. I know Madonna has ripped this beat off on one of her Oh, songs, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which I never knew, which makes me even more. Oh, my God. I want to hear her say, give me, give me, give me. This is Disco. We sentence you to death. I don't get them. I never have. Dude, fuck that movie, Mamma Mia. Stick it up their ass. <sighs> That'll do it for episode 68. But if you want to hear some more disco, go support these artists and check out our Spotify playlist. There's a link to it in the show notes. And if you want to hear more of us, you can follow us on your favorite podcast platform. You can follow us on social media. Visit our website 
or drop us an email. There's a link to all that stuff and a map to McCusker's Tavern in the show notes as well. So I think that wraps it up for Disco. I hope everybody learned something. I sure did. I man. did. I, dude, this came out more fun than I thought it would have been. And yeah. if we had to miss Springsteen, I'm glad that we did this instead. I am too. I said I was glad we were able to uh, pivot and kind of circle up and do something and uh yeah i i hope our listeners learn something more about disco than you know like i said than we did i really thought this was going to be uh trashing it for two hours no i i just hope people just don't see the title and go oh this is gonna be a throwaway episode yeah well i think we'll be all right after the millions of people that listen to us i think we'll be we have billions of listeners yeah so all over the world so all right, we're going to be back in two weeks. I think we got something special coming up with some of our Pantheon podcast friends in two weeks, but we'll we'll see how that goes, and uh, we'll be back. Keep on rocking. Peace out. I'm just a It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.